Which rookie receiver stood out in Thursday night's preseason action? What backup running back may be fool's gold this season? And how do you treat the Raiders running back situation at the moment in FFPC drafts? Plus, five-time FFPC main event champ and owner of FFMastermind.com, Mike Nazarick is going to join us to discuss Ramondre Stevenson, George Kittle, his pros versus Joe's team, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Boltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to list all the reasons that you should have clarity on the Vikings running back uh, situation right now or maybe not clarity. We'll list those reasons too. Plus, FF Mastermind CEO Mike Nazarick is going to drop by to discuss Joe Burrow, Nico Collins, and so much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, please do so at HSFFR. I'm at Eric Balkman. Follow Mike on Twitter at FF Mastermind. Check out Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Post on our Facebook page if you have any questions, facebook.com slash HSFFR. You can also email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have any questions for Myself, for Farrell, for Mike, now is the time to get them in. We'll try to get the all the chat room questions, all the tweets and the emails and the fantasy feedback se uh, segment coming up later on in the program tonight. I want to thank our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, and our producer and mutual friend Rob. Uh, there is, this is not breaking news, but maybe because it's mid-August and some of you aren't drafting until now, which is fine. It, we would hope that you would be drafting earlier because it's a lot more fun to draft. But if you're just waking up right now, for the first time ever, the FFPC is offering two separate million-dollar grand prizes. Obviously, the FFPC main event for the second straight year is, host, or is having a $1 million grand prize. But for the first time ever in the Fantasy Pros Championship, our mid-stakes contest, just 350 bucks to get in there, you can still win a million-dollar grand prize in a $6 million prize pool. Register for both of those at myffpc.com. we got Dynasty Leagues popping off every day there, Dynasty Startups, and, of course, closed 12-team leagues, the FFPC Best Ball Tournament, the FFPC Superflex Best Ball Tournament, Terminator, Super Bracket, Varsity, High Stakes, all right, beg your pardon, High Society, uh, Big Payback. It's all going on at myffpc.com. Um, we also, I, I should mention this too, otherwise Greg Sidoris is, is going to be really upset with me. But um, if you have not booked your um, hotel arrangements yet in Las Vegas, and you're not, you don't live in Las Vegas like Mike Nazareth, um, if you have not booked yet, uh, time's running out on that, just four days to go. Uh, if you've been following the FFPC email, or if you go to myffpc.com and click on that main event section, there'll be a little uh, link at the bottom where you can book right on there and make sure you get hooked up with that discount that we have as part of our FFPC group. Uh, rate and uh, the the rates when when that expires uh, early next week rates are going to double or even triple so make sure you are uh, booking now if you plan on coming out with us and partying and drafting in Las Vegas and why wouldn't you it's an awesome experience I highly encourage it uh, don't take it from me take it from a guy 
who is Mr. Las Vegas, Mr. Louisville, Mr. Kentucky, Mr. Do-It-All. It is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. And Farrell, I got to tell you, I don't think you've ever had a bad time hanging out with the FFPC players in Las Vegas. Oh, hold on. We might have some audio issues with, with Farrell. Or maybe it's just not coming through on, on my end. Hold on. Let me pop Farrell out. I'm going to pop him back in here. And hopefully, live live television, live YouTube. Uh, you got to love it here. I'm going to take a look at it here and try it again. See if we can pop Farrell on. Farrell, do we have you now? Still not. So I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I wish I wish I could get the the audio working for you. I'm not. I'll tell you what we're gonna do here, Farrell. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you. I'm um I'm gonna let you. I don't know if you if you Rubio is in the YouTube chat right now and he says you may be muted. I'm not sure. I'm gonna pop you out right now. Um and what I'm gonna do right now is I'm gonna bring in our guest uh, tonight. You have seen him on this program uh, many times over and uh, and you know you know him. You you love him. Uh, he's one of our favorite guests. He has 30-plus years of fantasy football experience. He operates one of the longest-running fantasy football information sites since 1996. Um, primary claim to fame, I bring this up all the time because it's a pretty good one. He won the SI.com Experts League title four consecutive seasons, 2004 through 2007, and then uh, basically Sports Illustrated gave up on the league. Like, Nazareth wins this every league every year. We're not doing it anymore. So basically every year of its existence, Mike Nazareth won it. Um, he's the CEO and president of Fantasy Football Mastermind Incorporated, a.k.a. FFMastermind.com. You follow him on Twitter at FFMastermind uh, FF on Twitter. Beg your pardon. Please welcome back to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Mr. Mike Nazarick, the five-time FFPC main event champion who's excited to come back to Las Vegas and, uh, and win another one this year. Mike, welcome. I'm very happy to be here. I can't believe it's been four years since we've done anything live down on the Strip. And I'm going to be there this year, and I'm really excited. I, we're excited to have you. It's, it's, and this will be the first time in, in several years that you are back. Um, I know you love drafting online, but I know you love hanging out with us at the free players party Thursday night. Obviously, it's going to be lit this year with the Chiefs and the Lions, um, and, and I'll get to see you again. Haven't seen you in a few years. But, man, it, it is such a fun experience drafting live, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You cannot beat being there with all the anticipation – all the draft, uh, the draft areas. I mean, all these drafts going on at the same time. I really missed it the last four years. And and we missed you, obviously. Let's get into it tonight uh, with you, Mike. We're going to bring Farrell on in in a, in a little bit. Uh, but I do want to. I, I always like bra um, breaking down your pros versus Joe's draft. And this is a, a format that you've had a lot of success with over the years, right? You've you've done very well in PVJ. I've been lucky in the fact that when I when my players. Uh, don't get injured they do pretty well and so <laughs> yeah, uh, well let, let's talk about it here you ended up finding out that you were picking from the nine spot and by the way let's 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 um let's uh um uh let, let's give darren armani some trash right right off the uh the top here so darren armani the godfather of pros versus joes anytime we cite adp on the show it's from fantasymojo.com at fantasymojo on twitter uh, Darren Armani and not only um, uh, picks, you know, he basically um, goes out to all the pros and Joes once they are announced to figure out which leagues you want to be in. And for the second straight year, Mike Nazarick, not only were you pitted in the same league as Chad Schroeder, but you're drafting right next to him for the second straight year. I don't know what Armani must think highly of you, man, because that is not an enviable position to be in. 
Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I can tell you that I play against uh, Darren in a dynasty league, uh, in FFPC format, uh, the $250 league. And uh, we almost compete in the playoffs against each other. I was fortunate to win the title last year, but he's done very well. And I don't know. It's, it is what it is. But, yeah, I, going against Cocktails and Dreams is a challenge. It's a, it's, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, so, so the nine spot, you found out you're, you're getting that. Um, can you give us a, a little bit of an idea when you found out you're drafting ninth, you knew you were beholden to what the top eight teams did, obviously, but wh- who are a couple of the players you were looking at grabbing there? Did you get one of those players that you targeted and sort of, can you tell our viewers tonight a little bit about your overall strategy drafting from the nine spot this year? Well, uh, Things have switched, of course. Last year, people that went zero running back did really well. Uh, this pendulum is going to swing back. I don't think it's going to be that uh, big of a thing this year. However, when you're drafting late, a lot of the elite running backs go. So I was thinking somebody like Stefan Diggs might be there. And, of course, he went a couple of picks before my pick. Uh, and then and then Chad took, took Cooper Cup. And I believe Cooper Cup's injury happened literally maybe 15 minutes before the draft. And I didn't even know about it. And I remember halfway through the draft, I was watching the YouTube coverage that you guys were doing of our draft. And I turned it on and they were you were speculating about, well, C- Cooper Cup maybe slid because of his injury. And I went, what injury? <laughs> so <laughs> kind, of, kind of interesting. But, you know, I, I go with the flow. And since Cup went and Diggs went, uh, Eckler, I couldn't pass on Eckler. So, you know, you you got to change your strategies, be flexible and be able to adjust uh, the way the draft falls and take advantage of uh, certain players where, when they're drafted or when they're available when they really shouldn't be available. And and that was the thing, too, obviously. Um, and, and who did you get in the first round? You got Diggs, or, or did Diggs go before? No, it was, it was Eckler. Eckler, Diggs, that's right. Which, by the way, um, you know, you had to know that when, when it got to Chad's pick at the eight. You got, you had to be pretty happy. Okay, at this point, I'm getting Cooper Cup or Austin Eckler. Either one of these guys, I'm I'm good with, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was very happy about that. In fact, I've got the draft board right up here off the side, so I can refer to it as we talk. You know that that's a great idea. I'm going to bring it up right now, and as I bring it up, I'm going to bring in uh, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football right now, Farrell Elliott. Hopefully, we have the audio issues. Farrell, can 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 you speak? I can speak. We got it. We got it. We beat technology. Awesome stuff. Glad to have you, Farrell, tonight. Um, very excited uh, to have the, the definitive uh, content uh, creator in Mike Nazrick and the definitive commissioner all on one screen tonight. This this is fantastic. Mike, I think we're definitive because we've been doing it so damn long. That, <laughs> that they, you know, that's that's another way. If you can get, hang around and do it a while, you can eventually get some compliments. How are you tonight, my friend? Oh, doing great. Glad to see you. Glad to hear you. You know, I'm, I'm ready to talk. Let's, uh, let's do it. Farrell, go ahead. Uh, we, we got a Ramondre Stevenson question on deck for okay. Mike Nazar. Um, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, we, we hear this conversation about how's that going to be chopped up with the opportunities in the backfield there. And really, Ty Montgomery, Pierre Strong, who I appreciate as a player, Kevin Harris, I appreciate him as a player. These are nowhere near the players that are in the same orbit, the same stratosphere as what you're dealing with with Ramondre Stevenson. Why are drafters hesitant to believe that Stevenson won't get a full load worthy of most early third-round running back picks? 
I don't think that people were really doubting his ability or the, the role there. I think it's the specter of Dalvin Cook because everyone's oh. thinking there's still a chance that the Patriots might sign Dalvin. But personally for me, that ship's probably sailed because something tells me that the Jets offer to Dalvin Cook's probably closer to what he wants, but it's not quite there yet. And that's why he went to the Patriots. Then he took a trip for the Jets and, and these running backs are just waiting to wait for an injury. We've seen a, a couple of key injuries happen to backup running backs, but not to the, the key starters. So, uh, you know, I think the Patriots maybe just want to, you know, throw a million, million and a half or two millions at, at a backup. And, and Dalvin Cook, you know, is expecting to be paid a 10 or $11 million. So there's there's got to be a connection there. And I don't think it's going to happen in that regard. So uh, if he falls to me at the 3-9 hole, that's I'll, I'll snatch him up. Yeah, and I'm all over that. And then John Terry drops in, guys. He says, uh, Patriots looking at Zeke. Strong did not look good yesterday. I think we're getting a little bit too hyped uh, with who did look good and who didn't look good. Preseason games are just that, preseason for a reason. As long as the player's moving well, it's, uh, you know, it's part of the process, and we are very early in it. Mike, um, let me ask you this uh, uh, about Dalvin Cook. And, and I – if you feel like there's no credence to this, feel free to tell me. Do you think that Cook just doesn't want to participate in training camp and his price is actually going to go down after training camp's over? And then if he signs with New England, New York, Miami, or whatever, it's going to be a lot less than 10 or 11 million. Is there any credence to that at all? Because I'm I'm kind of wondering why else he wouldn't be signed at this point. Well, I, I think you probably hit the nail on the head there because I think that it, it goes hand in hand. He'll he'll participate in camp if someone wants to throw ten million at him, or maybe even six, seven, eight million. But I don't even think it's even five. I, I'm not sure what he's going to sign for, but I, I'm thinking maybe something three million with the incentives to get five million. And if he's a backup or a timeshare, he's probably not going to hit those incentives. So it, it's it behooves him to stay uh, stay healthy, stay home, not not uh, get in these games and uh, yeah, you know risk getting injured uh, and see what happens and then take the best deal that's on the table right before the season starts. Um, what about uh, Mike? Let's get back to your pros versus Joe's draft here. Um, George Kittle was your selection here at the four Oh four from the nine spot. And, and that's, you know, it's not egregious or anything, but it is about two thirds higher than his ADP according to fantasymojo.com for this format. Why was it important? And, and I guess, as I look at it too, you had four tight ends off the board in your draft at that point. Um, was it important to you to like make sure that you got a top five tight end and that's why you drafted Kittle at the 404? What was the thought process like for that pick? Well, I also like Dallas Goder, but uh, Kittle's a little bit better, in my in my opinion, more explosive and such, and they look to him, but he also kind of t- tends to disappear at certain times when they like to run heavy. But the issue was that I was looking at the wide receivers and I just didn't like – I saw a big drop-off there, the guys that, that went right after – I just didn't view as a, as a fourth round pick, and and the guy that I ended up drafting, Terry McLaurin, in round five is is almost on the same level as a lot of the other guys that were drafted since, uh, and so that's why I ended up. I said I, I think I got to grab Kittle there, and when you're doing something like this, and you're and you and you need a position of value at a certain place, ADP just kind of goes out the window for me. I mean, if it's if it's less than a round, it doesn't really matter in my book. You're you're going after the player to suit your team and and the best player available. Quick follow-up yes. to that, Mike, just re- real quick, Farrell, I'm sorry. 
Um, tight ends um, in in the FFPC. I mean, you've obviously had a lot of success in the main event uh, as well, winning five, at least five, maybe more at this point um, in in your career there in the FFPC. Um, do you feel like you have usually gotten a top five tight end in, in your drafts or does it just vary from draft to draft? I feel like, and we'll get to this later on, I feel like you are a, a really good player when it comes to letting the draft come to you. And sometimes a tight end comes to you, sometimes it doesn't. Historically, what's sort of been your thought process on drafting an elite tight end early? Yeah, I, I like, I, I don't normally go for guys two, three, four, somewhere around there. Uh, you know, Kelsey, of course, is going really early this year, and he probably deserves it. If I was drafting in the nine hole in the main event, there's no way I would get a chance at him. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I kind of let the draft come to me. I, I plan it out and see, hey, if this guy's available and we have these players at this pick, you know, on the team already, then, then yeah, it's, 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 it's good to pick them. Uh, but you don't have to have uh, a top five or six guy. There's, there's some guys in the five to 10 area that I think are good value. You just have to pick and choose and make sure you're choosing the right guy. Choosing the right guy. When you look at quarterback is always a key issue. You know, for years, Mike, everybody said, don't go quarterback early. That sure was disproven here in the last couple of seasons. Joe Burrow is a quarterback that I thought would go early. Now he has a calf strain. He's tough as nails, fights through everything. The injury doesn't particularly concern me, especially with some of the double-digit quarterbacks that you compare him with. If he misses time early or if he's not quite himself in the first few games, that's okay. I'll take Burrow as he, as he heals through the season. A sixth-round draft value is now what is attached to him. Uh, doesn't Burrow become a targeted quarterback for you at that spot? Oh, definitely. I've always liked Joe. I have him on my dynasty team, so maybe I'm a little bit. Uh, and I had yeah. I drafted him when he was a rookie. So sure. I, I, yeah, I've been through the torn ACL and all, but I mean, there's nobody more solid than this. And if you don't, uh, if you if you don't remember last year. He had the appendectomy, so he didn't compete mm -hmm. at all in preseason. And he got off to a little bit of a slow start, but, yes, you know, he ended up being a top four guy. And, yeah, he was kind of in between. He wasn't at the elite end status there, but he was above everyone else. And he was a big reason why I won that league. And, uh, you know, when, when with the calf injury, I, I'm like you. There's so many weeks left before the season. And guess what? Just tonight before the game uh, with the Bengals was on, he was out on the field running around, throwing the football, and without even a sleeve on his calf. So, you know, they're going to be careful. He doesn't really need to take any uh, risks in the preseason at all. They're, they're a veteran team. They're veteran offense. Uh, you know, I'm not really worried about it. And, and the fact is, is that when you take somebody like this, too, you, 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 you make sure you draft somebody a little bit, uh, you know, experienced behind them and all, just in case something happens. Uh, Mike, let, let's uh, let's look at your 10th round pick in pros versus Joe's. It was Nico Collins, a guy who went at the 10.04. And, and again, not that I want to get into the ADP here because I, I know um, it's important to know it, as you know, but it's also important to know when to ignore it too, which I think you do a very good job with. Um, but Nico Collins, you did draft him a little bit higher uh, than most of the FFPC best ball drafters have selected him uh, this season. I don't necessarily want to ask you here, um, why did you reach on Nico Collins? I think that the question here is, what do you like about Nico Collins that made him a an early 10th round pick? Was it the team construction that you already had? Was it his skill set? Was it his opportunity? Because there's a lot to like about Nico Collins. I'm wondering what you like about him this year. 
Yeah, you're exactly right there. Now, he is a wide receiver four for me, so I kind of do need him to perform a little bit. But the fact is that Brandon Cooks is no longer there. Yes, they got a rookie in in Stroud, uh, but uh, Davis Mills is not the guy there anymore. Also, uh, Collins has looked really good in camp. I think he's quickly ascended to the WR1 position there. And uh, it was nice to see when I was watching the game last night that he caught the first pass <laughs> from Stroud. So, uh, you know, everything's good there. What do I expect from him here? You know, I mean, if he gets 65 catches, 900, 1,000 yards, something like that, six scores, you know, as, as, as a four, I'll be happy with that, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, you know, I got to ask you about this player in the 14th round. When he has been good, he has really made me think that this is an every week running back in the NFL. And then he just disappears. And this year he may be the best value in the Bears backfield, but does he get on the field? Does he get the touches? That's Deonta Foreman, who looks the part of every Superman running back in in the preseason. And you would think that this year might be the year. Will it be any different for Foreman with the Bears? I think that there's a good ch- chance that he does make uh, a significant impact in that running game. People uh, initially thought, well, Dave Montgomery's gone, so Kylie Herbert's going to be the workhorse back. But they don't want to yeah. do a workhorse back role, role for him. They want to do an RBBC, and then you got Rashawn Johnson, who's the rookie. He's got to learn the ropes and all. And Foreman gets hot. And when he gets hot, he has big runs. He scores. He's good at the goal. So it, the other thing that came into this play is picking him here. This is the best ball format. And so I don't need him to be consistent in that. In the fact, mm-hmm. he is what my uh, my RB, what is he, RB4 for me? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I want him to produce at least two or three, four times in a year. But there's a chance he could, you know, be used and started yeah. seven, eight, nine times during mm-hmm. the year. And I really I like, like I like what he brings to the table. Yeah. Mike, um, getting back to that Bears running back discussion just overall, um, best ball, main event, whatever, do you think Foreman is the best value in that backfield given how much later he's going than Khalil Herbert and Rashawn Johnson? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think he's kind of overlooked. A lot of people are not thinking uh, thinking on him. They're like, well, uh, he's one of three, you know, but he could be the one in more than one game. And, you know, if something – let's say Rashawn Johnson has trouble picking up the blitz because uh, a lot of rookies don't do that quickly, then Foreman might be used more and might actually start catching some passes here and there. I mean, he can do a lot of different things. He's just not a runner per se, but that's what he's known for. But, uh, you know, like I said, he goes on hot streaks. You uh, you get two, three, four games and really good production. We're talking a 14th round pick, right? You know, what's not mm-hmm. the like? Um, I, we are talking with Mike Nazarick, uh, from fantasy football mastermind at FF mastermind on Twitter, ffmastermind.com. If you have not gotten your subscription renewed for this year, make sure you're doing that. And why am I saying this? Because Mike Nazarick is going to win the pros versus shows this year. And here's how I know, here is how I know Nazarick is going to be your champion. It's because of a receiver, a rookie receiver in uh, Los Angeles named Puka Nakua. Um, Mike Nazarick did not plan on drafting him. When he did in this, it was the 16th round, but sometimes fate shines on you, right? And sometimes things work out the way that they do. And Mike, you're going to tell the story here and and the viewers are going to understand, oh, here's fate. Here's fate intervening in the pros versus Joes. Mike Nazareth is going to win it this year. Mike, tell us why 
um, because you have Puka Nakua on your team. How did you get Nakua on your squad? Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I never had any issues drafting any players in the FFPC system. The server's been great. I have no complaints. I've never even made a call to Bryce Masters, even though I've written his phone number down times. Uh, so, so uh, you know, when it came up, I was like, okay, well, in my in my queue, I put uh, I put uh, Puka in there. And, and then I noticed, hey, DJ Chark is available. I said, I kind of like him here. Uh, so he was available, and then I was clicking the button to put him in the queue or to draft him, and it just wasn't working. And it's like five seconds, four seconds, three, and I was like, darn it, work, work, you know. And it, it auto draft Bryce Young. And I'm like, I don't need a fourth quarterback here. So you know, before I realized what was going on, I got on the phone and talked to the commissioner and and said, hey, uh, this is not who I wanted. And of course, right behind me, what does Chad do? He takes, <laughs> I mean, he takes chart, chart, he takes chart. Yeah, Chad's always been a chart guy. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, I said, okay, I understand. He said, well, you can't have the guys that were drafted to two or three afterwards. And I said, okay, well, give me Puka because I want Puka then. (laughs) And so, so they they stopped everything, reversed it. They gave me Puka, and then you know Chad got uh, DJ Chark, and we went on from there. But uh, yeah, I really like the situation that he's in right there. Uh, You know, there's no more Allen Robinson. uh, You know, Cooper Cup. I mean, he's probably going to be healthy by week one. You know, but still, Ben Jefferson has he really proven to be that he could be a number two there? And and Puka's a big guy; uh, he's got a lot of talent, and I think there's going to be opportunity there for him to make an impact and to be be able to get a guy like that in round sixteen is 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 good value. From a good passing program in college with a great connection to that team, I I like him. I think he's going to be a, a fantastic slot receiver there. Uh, and so he's my favorite pick in your draft. But who's your favorite pick, at least in that draft? Sometimes when I go in these formats, sometimes I feel if I can get that one guy I'm targeting, it means a lot to me. Did you have a guy like that? Well, we talked about Mr. Burrow earlier, and yeah. it seems that, <laughs> you know, I want, I, I'm want i going a little bit earlier because normally I do wait on the quarterback. Uh, you know, I think in the past three or four years, I might have drafted Josh Allen once. On an FFPC draft, and and everyone else, I've been I've been waiting and drafting uh, in the seventh, eighth, ninth round. Uh, but with Burrow, I think you can get elite status, and especially now uh, with his injury, he's sliding to round you know five, six, uh, and I really like it. You know, that's what, a, what that's a, great for drafting now, guys, because as as John Terry part uh, points out, he's not going to be available there when we get to Planet Hollywood. So. Yeah. Um, you know, so th- t- take advantage of drafting now. And and I think that's that, that sort of leads into my next question here, Mike, is something I've noticed about your drafts, especially in pros versus shows, because I look at those a lot closer than, than your main event ones, even though the main event ones count for much more. But one of the things I've noticed with you is, you know, and I listen to your podcast, obviously you and Chris Rito, anywhere you get podcasts, uh, download the FF Mastermind uh, Fantasy Football Podcast. One of the things I've noticed with you is like I kind of know like the guys you like heading into draft season when you have your positional breakdowns, right? Um, and I also know that the kind of guys that you don't like, right? And I never really see you reach on on those players that you like, right? Um, I see you again. I alluded to this earlier. You let the draft come to you, and when value comes to you, you take advantage of it. And I gotta ask, I mean, like you know, you know your drafts better than anybody else letting the draft come to you, taking value when it comes to you, like Ramondre Stevenson, like Joe Burrow, like you did in this draft. 
how much of that uh, do you attribute to your success? Like how much of that is like understanding like, oh, I really like this guy, but man, I didn't think Burrow was going to be available. I didn't think Stevenson was going to be available there. I mean, that's an important aspect that we need to keep in mind in fantasy drafts, right? Yeah, you don't never want to get too attached to a player. Like, uh, like you know, I'm a huge Giants fan. Uh, I think I've owned Saquon Barkley once since he's been in the league. And uh, it's not because I didn't like him or didn't want to draft him or whatever. For whatever reason, he never slid to me at the right time in the draft. Or or there was a better option. Somebody that I maybe uh, said, well, certainly he's not going to be here. Well, I can take him or Saquon, but the other guy's a better value. So I'd go with the other guy. So never get too attached to any one player because that's a, a sure way that can ruin your strategy completely if you do that. Mike, never get ahead, attached no. to – any one player, I can buy into that all day long. Tell me a player that you've never and that you will never get attached to in 2023 <laughs> FFPC drafting. Then give me a sleeper. Nobody we've talked about yet. Can't okay. do that. Mr. Stewart last night violated all kinds of rules. We had to treat him badly, even though we yeah. didn't want to. The, um, so give me a guy that is your sleeper and a guy that you will have no business on your rosters? Uh, well, it's a com combination of the fact that this guy ADP is just way too high for me. And I've seen him. And in fact, I, I just was uh, participating in a, uh, another draft and I saw him going at, at the end of the second round and I couldn't believe it. Uh, and, and he's also a Bama boy. See, I lived in Alabama for 30 years. And so I'm a big Crimson Tide fan, Jerry Judy, can't stay on the field for the life of him. And he's going in, in as high as the second round, third round and all. And uh, I, you know, my sleeper, I guess might be Cortland Sutton. Cause I've heard a really <laughs> lot of good things about him in, in, in camp this year that Russell's looking to him as the number one guy. And so when you're looking at uh, you take Sutton in round eight, nine, somewhere around there, or would you spend a third or fourth round pick or even a second round? I couldn't believe it on Jerry Judy. I mean, I think the choice is, is, easy there. Second round for Jerry Judy. I, I don't know if you were in a draft with like a Jerry Judy relative, but my God, that is insane, Mike, to see him go that early. In fact, as I look at the mojo on him, the, the highest he's gone in the FFPC best ball tournament over the course of the last week has been the end of the ninth round. And I think this is important to understand here too, is Jerry Judy, wide receiver 20 at the 406. Cortland Sutton, wide receiver 46 at the 904. I like Judy better than Sutton this year, but I don't like uh, Jerry Judy six rounds better than Cortland yep, Sutton. Yep. Like, like, give me, give me yes. the Sutton action there in, in the tenth round for sure. It's it's value, it's value. You know, I, I, I don't know what else to say. That's that's what I'm gonna. Go. I would go with the value pick all day long in that in that situation. Let, John, let me ask Terry, you. John Terry Balky has very, yeah. very good questions. Uh, you know, we should, maybe we should get him on the show, get him a little box over here or something. I, you know? I, I was not paying attention to the YouTube chat because I was interested in Mike's answer to that. But I'm like, oh, you know what? I got to ask Mike about these Giants receivers before we let him go. Well, and sure it, enough, it, John Terry John says because uh, it's important. It's important to know, you know, it's important to know for me which Giants wide receiver We'll be moving on to Montreal in the CFL, who, by the way, had a successful evening tonight. And so I'm, I'm asking John Terry, he wants to know, are there any of these wide receivers that you like with the Giants? There's wide receivers at the Giants I like. I think John Terry 
is a little bit out of bounds with his Giants hatred. <laughs> well, in my dynasty team, I own two of them, and one of them wasn't a Giant last year. Well, he's not technically a wide receiver, but I think he will lead the team in catches. That's Darren Waller. That's the obvious choice there. I think he is. If he can stay yeah, healthy. He's not a wide receiver, Mike. That's <laughs> yeah. Where the question was, and I'll repeat, big Giants fan, does Michael like any of their wide receivers this year? That's not getting one. He's tied in. The other wide receiver that I own in my dynasty team is Darius Slate. Oh. And he's having a really good camp. Uh, you know, he just catches everything that's thrown to him. He can get open. You know, he makes a tough catch. I know he's not DeAndre Hopkins and all, and they're going to be spreading it around, and most of the show is going to be Saquon Barkley and all, but I think that Darius Slayton is going to surprise a lot of people again this year. And, and I like Isaiah Hopkins, too. Uh, you know, they let Richie James go. Uh, Sterling Shepard can't be counted on because of that knee. He might tear another knee in the middle of the season. But I think Darius Slayton is going to surprise and probably stick with the Giants the whole entire year and be productive for them. I don't know what level he's going to be, but if you got him as a late round, at very end of your draft pick, especially in a best ball format, I don't think you can go wrong because I think he will he will pop on occasion for the team. Yeah, and, and it's it's wild because as we look at the Giants receivers this year, the highest one being drafted is Hodgins, but not until the 16th round, Mike. Like him. Sterling Shepard is going in the mid-19th. The only other guys that you didn't mention there, Jalen Hyatt, Paris Campbell. Is there any fantasy value drafting those guys in the 17th round this year in a, in a best ball format? Well, I keep hearing really good things about Paris Campbell, but we heard good things about Paris yep. Campbell when he was a cool and he can't stay on the field. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would take somebody that can stay over the field and take Darius Slayton over Paris Campbell, I think, in, in every draft. Now, I'm hoping as a Giants fan that both of them do well and that Cam Campbell does play in the slot or catches a lot of balls in the slot from them and surprises. If that is if that happens, then there's probably a good chance that my team's going back to the, to, to the playoffs and I'll be happy in that regard, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, FFMastermind.com. Subscribe now. Uh, FF Mastermind podcast uh, with Mike Nazarick and Chris Rito. Anywhere you get podcasts, make sure you're listening to that. Going through the positional previews. You got wide receivers coming up next week, right? Yep. Wide okay. receivers. We'll go over the top 10 wide receivers. Uh, my, my top 10, Chris's top 10. And then we do a couple of... Uh, sleepers uh, and overrated guys, uh, creepers and such. And, and then, you know, we, we go over all the injuries for the week and everything. And it's, it's only a half hour, which, which yes. I can't imagine. Everyone wants to do at least an hour. And a lot of people do two or three hours of podcast work. First of all, my, my voice would give out. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're talking here for, we've gone 35 minutes right now and I'm already starting to lose my voice a little bit. <laughs> Who's going to to listen to my raspy voice for an hour or two uh, online. So I, you know, we hit it hard, we hit it fast. We give you, we try to give you good information and then, and then that's it. And then we, you know, hit the next week, the next time, and we go mm -hmm. over different topics. So, you know, I, I don't know what else we can do. We're doing, no, I, I, I think there is something to be said for brevity and podcasting. In fact, we're seeing some, uh, some podcasts out there that used to put out mammoth podcasts are now putting out very short ones probably copying the fantasy football mastermind. Mike Nazarick has been doing it for years. Uh, quarterbacks uh, preview, running back re uh, preview podcast are already out. FFmastermind.com. And and Mike, um, I think the, the biggest thing for me to emphasize to our viewers tonight is you have been doing this now for, you know, 30 years or whatever I said at the top of the show. You have seen the evolution of fantasy football through standard, uh, through full PPR, through tight end premium, 
zero RB, robust RB, you know, everything. Like you've seen it all and you've evolved and you've rolled with it a lot of times. And I'm not, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but there's a lot of content creators out there that have only been doing it for a handful of years, um, which I, I, you know, there's value in that for sure. But to get a guy with your experience, I think that's the big selling point is, is you've seen the fads come and go, you know how to capitalize on the fads and you know how to, how, how to uh, win at fantasy, no matter what's going on and no matter how the NFL is treating players, how, how people are drafting that particular year. It always seems like, like you end up at the top of your, of your leagues. And I think that's a, a really big reason to subscribe to ffmastermind.com. Well, we try, we, we are a family, not just a company. I've been doing this yeah, for 28 years. I can't believe this. And I've been doing it for a living since 1999. I, I, I boggles the mind at all. Uh, but very, very fortunate that I can do this. And the fact that uh, our subscribers are very loyal to uh, to the company, uh, the Steam Mastermind here. Uh, and uh, we, we try to do our best. And, and I, I just spend all my off season just, you know, cultivating. I just focus on fantasy football. A lot of people come and say, well, is there a fantasy base, fantasy mastermind baseball or whatever? And I'm like, no. I'm a big Mets fan, but I'm suffering with them this year again. <laughs> but, you know, we just focus on football and uh, it really take the effort and time to develop projections and rankings and oh, strategies and everything. And you got you got to also be flexible. Uh, don't 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 get flustered when you're in the draft and you got to. Oh, I got to have this guy and he doesn't fall to me. Well, you always have to have a backup plan. Don't get attached to, to one player and such. But the fact is, is that. You know, by, by not only running the site, but also playing in the leagues, especially the high stakes leagues, uh, you know, it gives different perspective and it enables me to adjust on the fly and, you know, help out people when I can. Because if you're if you're a subscriber, you can email me at any time. I get people to call me here and they can't they like, oh, you answer the phone. I said, yeah, I'm working here. This is what I do. I, I'm not getting rich doing this, but it's something I love. And, uh, you know, I'm here. And if you're a subscriber, you can email me or call me anytime. We'll chat about any, any question, fantasy-related question, if you want. Yeah, and, I and think I, it's great, Balky, because I'm so glad that my speaker didn't work tonight because, Mike, you've got a tight 35 to 40. You're just like in the music business. You're the opener. And tonight you were the opening act, and you came in and you did it. And then everybody the says, you The know problem what? is, Carly. Fairly, yeah, he's the opener, we, but he's also the headliner. That's we got to follow him, you know. So yeah, he opened yeah. the show, and then it was just, you know, it's, now we got a problem, you know. It's, we got, but yeah, how fantastic it was to have you on the show. And but, I heard a little bit of that Alabama slip out when you said loyal. I thought that was pretty, yeah, it, it's weird. I'm from everywhere. I, I, was, I was born in Long Island, New York, but I only lived there six years. My dad took a job working in the space industry down in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, working on space uh, booster rocket, you know, for the for the shuttle. Uh, and he retired, moved to Florida. Of course, everyone from New York when you retired got to move to Florida. Sure. But I, I am not moving to Florida. No. And we stayed there for almost 30 years and then moved west. And here I am in, in, in Henderson, which is right down the road from the Strip. And yeah, uh, right. having, having a great time. It's hot as heck out here. But, you know, when you stay inside air conditioning, everything's good. And uh, it, it's a it's a great atmosphere to have a uh, main event or other drafts down there for FFPC. There's nothing like going to a, a, a live draft. Right. And you've got to do this at least once in your life. Come to Vegas, uh, you know, play in the FFPC, uh, and and you'll have a blast doing it. One more thing before before you guys let me go, I want to make sure that we've done this every year that I've been doing this, giving a, a twelve dollar discount code for our Super Bowl premium package, which is all of our information. That's our preseason draft guide, all the updates, all the rankings, 
uh, our drafting software, our weekly and season newsletters, those daily releases, premium injury quick bits, the market uh, rankings, flex rankings. I mean, the, the entire thing, Super Bowl package. That code is FFPC12. So if you do that, if you if you go to the site, check it out, and a Super Bowl package is normally $59.95. You put in the code, you can get it for $47.95, and that's that's even cheaper than the Pro Bowl package, which is our next package down from that. And just to try us out and support the site, I appreciate it. Yeah, and and listen, I, I think how many times we, we've been doing this show for you know a decade plus. I mean, obviously, a lot of the viewers tonight have seen some of my other shows where we have um, various content creators on. Nobody has ever said like, hey, you email me, I will email you back. You call me, we'll talk fantasy. for. Well, that is so rare in the industry, and you've been doing it for almost 30 years, Mike. FFPC12 is the discount code to get 20% off that Super Bowl premium package right now when you go there, the best possible package that Mike Nazarick has to offer. And one of the best possible packages this show has to offer is having Mike Nazarick on each and every mid-August uh, program. We love having you on, Mike. We will continue to follow you on Twitter at FFMastermind. Continue to subscribe at FFMastermind.com and listen to the Fantasy Football Mastermind podcast with yourself and Chris Rito anywhere you get podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you in just a few weeks uh, at Planet Hollywood, my friend. Oh, yes, definitely. I am looking forward to it. Can't wait. And, uh, you know, uh, good luck to you guys the rest of this year. And by the way, I think you are a little bit better than a little bit over average for oh. for podcast. Slightly above. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, Mike. Be good, man. We'll see you in a little while. Okay. See you guys later. See Mike, Mike. Mazarek, ladies and gentlemen, the fantasy football mastermind himself. Dropping yeah. aboard once again, go to ffmastermind.com, use the discount code FFPC12. That's FFPC12, and you'll get 20% off that Super Bowl premium package, the best that Fantasy Football Mastermind has to offer. And let me tell you, it's worth it. Um, great stuff. Farrell, I got to tell you, um, regardless of if your speaker worked or not tonight, Mike was going to come on right away. We made a, I made a, I called an audible right before the show started. So we were going to have him. So it, it worked out perfectly, um, which is nice because we can get into, we get Mike. Uh, in and out, and he can he can have his honey tea now to rest his vocal cords before he has to talk with all these people that are going to be calling him tonight to talk fantasy sure. football drafts. Um, let's talk about what's going on, and I, I want to focus on because I just watched the Packers tonight. I, I didn't really watch any of the other games, but I did watch the the other two games last night as much as I could. And um, one of the guys that stood out for the Houston Texans was Tank Dell, the rookie there. D'Amico Ryans, the head coach for Houston, the new head coach, said that he's going to be an explosive player uh, for the Texans this year, according to NBCSports.com. Dell, I, I, I want to say it was like 5 for 65, something like that. He caught a touchdown, which was kind of fluky. It was a really good catch. Showed great concentration on that catch, obviously. Um, but but uh, Tank Dell, a guy, and, and we'll, I'm going to shift over the ADP. I'm going to switch over to the the Fantasy Pros Championship ADP. And obviously, this is over the course of the last three days. So Tank Dell is not going to be going as high as, as he probably will after last night's performance. But he was an 18th-round pick. This is a guy that you can get as your number six, your number seven receiver. How much are you moving Tank Dell up your draft boards now, Farrell, after what you saw last night? Well, we don't have to move him up, Balky, because I think about five weeks ago we were very positive on him. Mm -hmm. Now, let's tap the brakes a minute. Tank Dell is about five foot eight, what the scouts like to call five foot nothing, 160 <laughs> nothing pounds. He is uh, playing uh, in, a, in a place with a rookie quarterback. He's got a very, very small catch radius. He's in a division which features um, significant physical uh, defensive backs. So he, 
he might be able to catch the ball underneath at the slot and he can do a few things with it. But we're not going to see him do much downfield work. And I'm not sure that that body can hold up uh, like what you might expect uh, from other slot receivers. So he's not going to be a volume guy. He is a fun um, story and, and I root for him and, you know, he, he's got a nickname Tank with those measurements because of the size of his heart and the way he plays. But, you know, he's going to tank your fantasy team, too. So, you know, be careful. Even tank. if you draft him that late, though, Farrell. Even well, if you draft him that late. okay, I, one or two games you might get lucky. Somebody, uh, you know, a hole opens up and he hits it and off he goes. But, you know, that can happen with a lot of players. Uh, where is Kurt, Where is Curtis Samuel? In, Curtis in, Samuel, in that is, you know, I thought about bringing, on Curtis Samuel. I thought about bringing him up on the show tonight, but I was like, no. you're going to give me the Irv Smith treatment on Curtis. Great Samuel. minds think alike. I'm not going to bring him up, but I will now. Now that you're leading, you're setting me up for it. He's uh, going just behind Tank Dell. Tank Dell's wide receiver 82 at the 1801 in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Okay. Curtis Samuel's wide receiver 84 at the 1803. Basically, two receivers and two picks behind one Tank Dell is Curtis in, Samuel. In the last four years that he, in the last four years, and, and Samuel's only played three of them, uh, I think these numbers are correct. Uh, he has 24 touchdowns. Uh, Tank Dell will be will struggle getting 24 touchdowns. It's going to take a lot of years. So. Um, there's a player to take a shot on late who can do multiple things and has the physicality to do it. I think, you know, Curtis Samuel rushes for 200 yards a year. We can't do that to take down. What about, I just thought of this now, um, and perhaps it's because the Texans also <laughs> drafted Kiki QT. Do you see any similarities between Dell and QT? Because QT was a guy that, that really climbed up draft boards. People thought he was going to be a, a PPR machine and it, Never really materialized. I know injuries played a part in that as well, and I know he just got released by some NFL team. I can't remember who. You see any similarities between Dell and QT? I would like to identify the player. I see that Richie James is a similarity of Dell, uh, mm-hmm. and and in the way that he plays. And and what's the kid down at Arizona, Dorch, Greg Dorch, uh, and and that's a similarity to Dell. But still, Dell is a less physically developed athlete than those guys. He may be slightly faster. You know, look, if he's playing with Aaron Rodgers, if he's playing with Mahomes, if he's playing with a lot of quarterbacks that can put the ball where it needs to be and put the ball in this kid's hands, I'll feel differently about him. He's got a rookie quarterback with some, you know, that's not going to be a fan. That's not going to create things for fantasy sports. Um, Pete Carroll, a guy that is equally entertaining. He's as entertaining as he is maddening. For fantasy yeah. football purposes, Farrell. He said Zach Charbonnet, quote, looked really physical yeah. in his game against uh the uh the Vikings last night. Um Pete Carroll said that uh the his fellow teammates were going crazy on the sidelines for him last night. Yeah. Um he didn't start actually. DJ Dallas started. Remember, Ken Walker's obviously hurt right now, but DJ Dallas got the start and then Charbonnet came in. Charbonnet looked good. I mean, he he had a few uh catches. Uh, last night, which is what you like to see. He looked pretty good running the football as well. Charbonnet, as as it stands right now in the Fantasy Pros uh, Championship, if we look at the ADP, and, and I'll tell you what, let's compare him with Ken Walker right now, who we're not quite sure when he's going to come back. But if you look at the Seattle running back situation, the way that FFPC drafters are treating him, Kenneth Walker, 503, so that early to mid-fifth round range. 
Zach Charbonnet smack dab in the middle of the ninth round. Farrell, how much do you think Charbonnet is going to go up after last night's performance? And is, you know, how much should he go up after last night's performance? Because we tend to overreact to stuff like this. It's what we do. I think you preached uh, caution on all these players uh, earlier in the podcast tonight. I, I assume you're doing the same thing with Charbonnet here. Well, you know, we talked about Charbonnet a little bit last night. We talked about the similarities and the differences between these two players, and both of them have a role on the team. Both of them look to be the same type player. Both of them bring different skills. So Charbonnet is uh, um, probably a little better blocker than Walker and, and a much better catcher. Um, Walker is a more violent runner, hits the hole faster, gets moving quicker. Both of them have good straight line speed. I like Charbonnet a great deal. I think that both players present, especially if we can get Walker back in the lineup. We were high on Walker last year. I, I think both of them represent value where they're being drafted right now. And, and um, you know, I, I would never encourage you to draft both of them in a national competition like the Fantasy Pros Championship. Uh, but certainly if you are playing in a closed 12-team league, there is some value because you're not investing. This is not Foster and Ben Tate, right? Aaron mm -hmm. Foster, Ben Tate. This is a fifth-round pick, and this is a ninth-round pick right now, and sometimes you can get away with that. Um, the Raiders, we, we touched on this a little bit last night, but this was previous, uh, uh, prior to them uh, signing Damian Williams. Uh, apparently, Damian Williams and Rex Burkhead were both competing for the same contract in Las Vegas. Damian Williams ends up winning that. Um, I would assume this means at a minimum, Farrell, that the Raiders don't expect Josh Jacobs to report anytime soon. So it gives them an extra body at running back here uh, with, with Damian Williams. I don't, again, I don't think this is, there's much fantasy value for Williams here, but I think it's worth talking about Jacobs. It's worth talking about um, Zamir White as well. But really the story here is Jacobs. Um, if there is one player that, uh, one running back that I think uh, stands the best chance to sit out the season, it's probably Jacobs. How real of a possibility do you think it is for him doing that given this Damian Williams signing from Las Vegas? I don't know because I was completely wrong about it because I, I thought um, I thought that Jacobs would be um, the first to go. Mm -hmm. And um, I really, with our two holdout running backs, and one was very, very short-lived, and uh, Jacobs is still out there. So I, my guess was incorrect then, and I wouldn't want to warrant it now. Uh, Damian Williams, good player. He's on the short list of a lot of NFL teams, and the Raiders are realizing, hey, over the next 10 days, we've got two exhibition games. They might have a practice against someone else uh, uh, that they're playing in the in the next exhibition game. So this, they're going to need bodies at the position. He's a capable guy to try to make a roster. Pretty good special teams player, too. Has no aspect on Jacobs and has no aspect on our fantasy football. And, and obviously none on Zamir White as well, right? No. Do you um, – let me just bring up the ADP um, for Jacobs because this is such a hot-button issue for a lot mm -hmm. of people right now. Josh Jacobs, Farrell, um, over the last three days has moved up uh, in drafts. You're, You're looking done. at him at the late third round. Mm -hmm. Went as late as the sixth round within the last three days. But uh, third round, 310 on average right now. Now, mm -hmm. running back 11 is where he's going. To, to give you some 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 context on this, running back 11 is in the Jameer Gibbs, Najee Harris, Brees Hall, Joe Mixon territory. I, and forgive me if I asked you this uh, already, but is Jacobs a guy that's worth rolling the dice? Last year's NFL rushing leader, worth rolling the dice at the end of the third round, 
Or is a guy like you who's going to be drafting in the main event, so on and so forth, waiting on him even more past that? I like those other players, but if I'm in a group of 12 that are 11 other guys that have like-minded to me, there is, there is a time that I will pull the trigger and try to live with his availability issues. And if mm-hmm. it, you know, I, I've won some leagues before where I've lost, uh, you know, early uh, single-digit draft picks, four, five, and six, and gone on and made a year out of it. And the upside there is so fantastic if he were to return. I, uh, I, I was in a um, – well, I'm still in a Kentucky main event slow draft right now. And here's, here's the th- – this is what I – I mostly love slow drafts, but sometimes they work against you. And I had made up my mind, Pharaoh, last night um, prior to the Vikings game that when it came back to my next pick, this would have been in the 15th round, I want to say. I have to look at this here. Um, yeah, 17th round. Um, I was going to be taking, um, Ty Chandler. That That's who my pick was. Okay. Two picks before I had the chance. And right during that Viking Seahawks, Ty Chandler went off the board and it stinks because if he would not have, if they wouldn't have been playing then, I think he would have dropped to me, but the guy who, who ended up picking him was on the clock and he had the advantage to take Ty Chandler. I thought he looked good last night. In fact, Kevin O'Connell said, he used the phrase jumped out, referring to Ty Chandler, uh, according to the report in the Star Tribune today in Minneapolis. Um, Chandler started the game. Obviously, Alexander Madison sitting out 60 yards on 15 touches. Now, he did not play last year because of a hand injury. My, my co-host in my, in, uh, for my Northeast Wisconsin local radio show here, he's a big fantasy football guy as well. Farrell, he loved Ty Chandler last year, and it's kind of rubbing off on me. I, I looked at him last night. I thought he was pretty good. And it seems like he has separated himself from uh, the other cat in uh, in Minnesota right now, Dwayne McBride, the rookie seventh mm-hmm. round pick. In fact, there are 14 running backs going between them right now, and it's about a two round difference in ADP. I'm starting to like Ty Chandler, and I think after what we saw last night, he's going to move up the draft board. And I think I'm still good with him as a 15th, 14th, even a 13th round pick. Where do you stand on Chandler uh, specifically, and then maybe throw in the Dwayne, Mc- uh, yeah, the Dwayne McBride uh, aspect as well? You can be there. They installed McBride as the number one kick returner. They want to get him on the field and see what he can do. Uh, Chandler is shifty. Um, he's 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 a good cutback runner. Uh, he caught four balls last night, which is a very good sign. Um, the affection and um, imagination of our drafters for the number two running back uh, position in Minnesota knows no equal. Mm-hmm. We've lived through Madison. And now we will live through Chandler. Perhaps he will mimic Madison and always do well against the Detroits. But, uh, yeah, don't overpay for him, Bucky. You said where he's going. You said you could pay a couple rounds more. I think that's worthwhile. Other than that, I think you've got a pretty good uh, second year, but first year on the field, good college player running back with still a great deal to prove. I uh, I think you're right, and it's it, again we don't want to get too excited about these players. But what we saw last night, I really liked uh, from Ty Chandler, and and certainly a guy I'll be paying attention to as an injury away type guy late in my drafts. Uh, we got a question from the um, from the chat. Dylan in the YouTube chat right now is in a keeper league. He has the opportunity to give up his second round pick for Travis to keep Travis Kelsey, or he can give up his fifth round pick to uh, keep Jalen Waddle. Farrell, I love me some Travis Kelsey. He gives you the opportunity to have a massive advantage at tight end every week. Keeper League is a little bit different. I love Waddle. I, I love what Miami's doing down there and the fact that you get three rounds of value 
Um, right now in the FFPC, you know, Kelsey's an early first round pick this year, but Waddle's still going in the second round. So I, I think I would rather give up the, I'd rather take advantage of the three rounds of value um, and give up my fifth round uh, in order to keep Waddle on my squad. Where do you stand on that? I'll give up that second round, take Kelsey win this year and not have to worry about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, because what's the most important year in any dynasty league? It's this year, right? <laughs> and I think that's the way to look at it. So I wish we could come to a consensus here for you, Dylan. We, we just can't. I, I'm sorry about that. Um, we are about out of time here, Farrell. Um, I want to talk about the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship right now um, at uh, kffsc.com is where to register. Now, anytime I go on there, I'm looking at the, the main event in, in Louisville and in Cincinnati, and the red is, is growing more and more prevalent. There are precious few spots in these live main events, both in Cincinnati and Louisville, so make sure you're getting uh, in on those when you can. And the live event, I believe, in Cincinnati starts Sunday the 20th. We're only nine days away from that. Right. And we're only we're about two weeks away from me hanging out with you. But two weeks exactly from me hanging out with you in Louisville this year as well. That's fantastic, Bucky. And I appreciate you bringing it up. And for the listeners uh, that aren't coming live, we've got a we've got an active uh, online presence. It's, mm-hmm. it's been they've sold rather quickly. There's a lot of room in the onlines between when we draft the week of our main events uh, between Cincinnati and Louisville, and then our week as we build up to uh, head to Las Vegas will be very active for us online. And so we invite you to participate in the league that way. Uh, Big payback spots. There are, I think, maybe three left. Uh, Anyone that's interested in a big payback spot and wants to play can do so virtually. We're going to accept a couple virtual players for that where when we draft live you can draft online it will all be seamless and appear to be the same thing um Malky, it, yeah we're at a point where we've got a lot of new players uh returning players coming it's going to be a great year and then we will all head uh, to planet hollywood and to las vegas so it's everyone's favorite time of the year i'm drafting a team right now against the aforementioned john terry with uh uh, playing partner and longtime friend uh, Trevor Holt, uh, who who can't wait to uh, return to Las Vegas. He won his first ticket there by being one of our top five finishers in the KFFSC. We'll be bringing our five guys, our top five guys from last year, again this year. So you know, it's just it's a wonderful time of the year, and your your participation in leagues uh, has, has always been uh, an enthusiastic positive for what we're doing in Louisville. You know, I, people ask me a lot because I commission a lot of online FFPC drafts and, and people say to me, oh, you must hate fantasy football drafts because <laughs> you look at them all the time. And I, what I always say to that, number one, if I hated fantasy football drafts, I wouldn't be commissioning online drafts. And number two, as sick of it as you might think I am, I love my Kentucky weekend in Louisville that last uh, weekend in August every single year. Draft as much as I can. See all these guys that I never knew prior to Kentucky. And now I'm really good buddies with a lot of them. And and uh, and I love it. It's, it's a fantastic weekend. I can't get enough of it. And I hope to see all of you viewers in Kentucky this year. And of course, and in uh, in the Las Vegas as well. KFFSC.com is where to go. Register for those. I just did check. There's three spots left in two different big payback leagues. One needs one spot. Uh, the other one needs two spots. And then, of course, the FF, or excuse me, the KFFSC main events, both online and live. We will check those out as well. Farrell, uh, thanks for doing back-to-back shows. I appreciate it. And we will do this again next Friday at 10, 9 Central. 
I look forward to it, Balky. Thank you. You're the man, Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. I want to thank uh, Mike Nazareth, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you for hanging out tonight. Um, the FFPC YouTube channel, in case you missed it, earlier this week, Duke Viveros on the road of his high stakes lowdown, a guy who's won 200 plus thousand dollars in high stakes fantasy football. Check that out. Um, if you missed uh, the Thursday night broadcast of the high stakes fantasy football show on the Better Sports Network. It was myself and Tom Strachan live from the United Kingdom. That was a lot of fun. We had an intercontinental uh, broadcast last night. That was cool. Uh, we chopped it up for two hours. You can check that out at, at uh, the FFPC YouTube channel as well. Um, next Thursday, Andrew Cooper, Coupe Fiasco on Twitter uh, from Fantasy Alarm will be my guest there. Um, we are going to have, I'm still working on the guest next Thursday, but we'll have a Rotoviz high stakes lowdown for you at 10, nine central next Thursday night, Sunday night on the FFPC, uh, YouTube channel, Aiden LaCorey and Dave Tripoli will cover a live FFPC main event for you here. Um, and they'll tell you everything that you need to know. Uh, these guys are ponying up the better part of $2,000 to go for a million dollar grand prize. So you can see what they're doing in their drafts. That's coming up on Sunday night. Tuesday night, it will be myself, Dave Tripoli, and I believe Aiden LaCorey as well, uh, calling the action from a live Fantasy Pros Championship draft. And then next Friday night, Farrell and I will be back at it at 10 p.m. Eastern uh, with a special guest, which I, I need to talk to Farrell about. Um, we're going to see if we can get him on. It'll be a lot of fun if we can. That's at 10, uh, 10 o'clock next week. Now, tonight, uh, Fantasy Pros Championship. The midnight draft, I have to look at it right now. The midnight draft is three teams away, starts in less than an hour, so make sure you're uh, registering for that. I'm commissioning that one. It'll be fun. We'll, uh, we'll, have, we'll share a few laughs. We'll, we'll, I'll watch you draft a fantasy football team and maybe watch you win a million bucks. We'll, uh, draft there tonight, and uh, drafts start both Saturday and Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern. They go all the way to midnight. There is a spot for you. This will be a huge weekend of drafting, the biggest weekend of drafting we've had thus far. So make sure you're going over to myffpc.com and registering for those leagues there. Uh, Million-dollar grand prize in the main event, million-dollar grand prize in the Fantasy Pros Championship, Dynasty Leagues, best ball tournaments, two of them, and, of course, closed 12-team leagues, including the varsity, the big payback, high society, uh, best ball, classic, whatever you want, and they start at $5 and go on up. That's at myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, uh, subscribe to the channel, comment, share, and get notified so you know every time we go live. Uh, the next time it will be, will be Sunday night with Dave and Aiden covering a live FFPC main event draft for you. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Last thing I'll bring up tonight, and I know it's always exciting, uh, watching uh, fantasy, uh, excuse me, watching NFL football, even though it's preseason. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know the fact that we're doing more shows, um, the, the fact that um, I'm in more drafts, the fact that we're seeing live NFL football right now, but I'm closing out on, on one slow draft that I'm in right now, and all I can think about is my next one. Uh, so much fun uh, to be a fantasy football fan this time of year. You never know when you're building that seven-figure juggernaut, and I wish you guys nothing but the best, guys and, and women, uh, nothing but the best in drafting a uh, million-dollar grand prize-winning team this weekend. Hopefully it happens for you. May the ball bounce your way. Thanks so much, and I'll see you in the draft rooms. We'll talk with you again 
I will talk to you again on Tuesday. Aiden and Dave will take over Sunday night on the FFPC YouTube channel. Thanks for watching, everybody.